Welcome to another episode of BuddyCast. I'm here with my good comedy buddy, Aaron Kleiber. How you doing today, buddy? Nick! What's up, buddy? Uh, honored to have you on the show, man. My hair's wild, dude. Look at that. Man. Boom. Hey, I need this. a haircut, too. Look at so. these bangs. Look at this. Hello. Dude, dude, thanks for having me, man. Oh, most definitely, man. Uh, for those who don't know, I met Aaron at Junior's uh, a while back. What was it? 2017, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I remember... I don't remember who I was... Was it was I either open? a New Year's show or it was yeah. a um, oh it was a Pescatelli show I think maybe I know I've headlined there a couple times and I opened for so many friends there I don't yeah. remember who it was but I remember meeting you yeah and I remember having this conversation about you wanted to start doing stand up comedy mm-hmm. and I was like yeah dude hit me up whatever you know yeah. now you're doing stand up you have your own podcast bro you're doing it I know congrats I know. like thank you. you. Said you were going to do it, and now you even have your own podcast. Yep. This is great. You did yep, it, bud. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you're, you're where I want to be one day, so props to you, you know? Dude, you're, you're always, you're always going to be, you're always going to be looking at somewhere you want to be. You exactly. know what I mean? But I always think yeah. about some, I don't remember some, some wise comedian I opened for one time said, you're, but think about where you are right now. And if you wanted to be there a year ago. Mm-hmm. And and almost always I'm like, yep, I'm better right here. Yep. I mean, you know, 2020, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll gladly go back to August 2019. No problem, bro. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. But at the same time, it gives you these opportunities. Like I know you've got your own yeah. podcast. Yeah. I've got BuddyCast. It gives me the opportunity because I always joke around and say, hey, the pandemic is a perfect time for a podcast because everyone is at home. Dude, I, I also love that you use StreamYard because uh, mm-hmm. I started – that's the thing with, with, the, with the pandemic. You know, I always like to do my podcast. My podcast is called Grown Dad Business. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, available everywhere where you can find it. Um, but, like, you know, I always like to do my podcast in the room with people. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. with comedy, you know, before and after a show is the most fun time to t- chat and hang out. And that's that's kind of, you know, what I love about doing the podcast is that we get to sit in a room together. You know, this is this is my dad quarters where I'll usually podcast and invite guests, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This and, is the uh, <laughs> and I don't even have to leave my own room. I know you're you got a dope background. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, Rob Warner. I got to I got to hit up your sign guy. Oh, I'll um, send you a thing. <laughs> OK. Very nice. people. Um, but no, I after the pandemic, I was like, well, I can't personally, you know, um, I can't personally podcast with anybody. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I was already in the process of thinking I need to start doing video. You know what I mean? I need to start doing video with people. And I was already in the process of like putting a video camera in here for when I live, you know, to film the podcast. And it was just the pandemic. And I was like, time to do video. Mm-hmm. And, when it, and when it came to do video, I'm like, I could call anybody. I can get any of my friends. And so now it's like the last, you know, couple episodes of mine has been like Brad Williams, Tammy Pescatelli. My episode 200 was Bob Saget. So like I like mm-hmm. I'm like I can just yeah, I they don't have to be in my living room. Now they yeah. can be on video. So it's dope, mm-hmm. man. This is great. Sounds like you've had some notable guests too, you know? Yeah, dude. It it's just uh that's the times now. It's like, hey, we can call anybody. Technology mm-hmm. is amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me start out by asking, then we'll go more into your podcast. Let me start yeah, out yeah. by asking how you got into po- into comedy in the first place. Yeah, uh, it's it's always a, everybody has their own process. You know what I mean, Nick? Like it's 
you know, uh, you were going to shows, you were a super comedy fan, and then you were like, nah, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I, I've always been that dude, that kid that needed attention. I was always, um, I was that class clown. Uh, but stand up, stand up came after I kind of did a little bit of everything. I, I, I was making independent films during my early twenties and, you know, I was making sketch videos and doing skits and sketch comedy live shows. I was doing improv for over a decade. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to be Bill Murray. You know what I mean? I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be Chris Farley. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be, you know, have my own show or be on Saturday Night Live. And I was that goofy dude. And, um, I went to second city in Chicago and took some classes and, and, uh, my wife wanted to have a baby. So I kind of, I couldn't go and make, you know, an independent film, which I don't know if you ever made your own indie film. It is hard. It is very time consuming. Uh, you spend a lot of your own money, uh, you know, and I couldn't move to Chicago to do second city full time. So we said, okay, let's, you know, let's stay in Pittsburgh. Let's have a baby. And, um, I, a couple people told me like, how haven't you tried stand up? You should try stand up. Like I've done a little bit of everything, a little bit of acting, a little, you know, sketch and improv. And I said, yeah, maybe I'll try stand up because stand up was by myself. That Nick, that was the intriguing part of stand up was that because when you, when you're making a movie or you're working with sketch comedy or videos, you know, like you're with your podcast, you just got to worry about you. You know, you're, you're a one man team. That's the same with stand up. Like, you know, once I went and did stand up and, you know, they're like, oh, they'll pay you a hundred dollars to do 20 minutes. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't have to split that money with a whole improv group or, you know, I don't have to worry about anybody else's schedule. I mean, that was, that was amazing. Like I was like, okay, so whatever work I put into it, I do myself and I get rewarded for. Okay. And it felt good, man. It was the, I, I did stand up and I was like, you know, at first it was a little, it was a weird thing. Cause like, I did comedy. I've even been, I, you know, I've been up front for years hosting things and, but never like, you know, did jokes. And, but it, 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 I figured it out pretty quickly. I feel. And, uh, like I was working at the Pittsburgh improv in about three or four months. as starting stand up. And, but like I said, I had a decade of improv and sketch comedy behind me. And like I said, once I got up in front of 300 people and made them laugh and they handed me like a hundred dollar bill, I was like, this is, this is it. <laughs> and I just, I just didn't stop, dude. <laughs> it's like that one. Scene. I can't remember what movie is. Oh, this is nice. Yeah, dude. I was like, this is wow. Cause dude, I, I was doing sketch comedy and improv with groups and it, it, I mean, it's amazing. You know, you get to do some funny, funny stuff with your friends, but um, you know, scheduling. And it's like, can you, you know, practice? Can we film this video? Can we, you know, let's write a sketch together. It's just like, something I could write by myself at night when everyone's sleeping, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And show up in front of a microphone and talk and then they pay you. There's nothing else involved. It seemed like a good investment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, who are some notable comedians that you've worked with? Oh man. I I tell you what, I I give all the credit to, you know, the local clubs that I started in like, like juniors in Erie. I'm still called juniors. I don't even remember what it's called. Yeah, I still got you, but like the Pittsburgh improv was huge, uh, because it was a mile away from my house (laughs) and, you know, not a lot of, not a lot of people are fortunate to have a great comedy club in your town. I mean, you live in Erie, a small town. I convince people all the time, all over the country. They're like, where's some of your favorite places to perform? And I said, Erie, juniors in Erie. 
And they're like, eerie? I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm telling you, you know, great people, great owners, you know, uh, great fans, you know, great little town. But uh, but Pittsburgh is is what really brought me to like open for really famous comics. When I started, there actually it was a it was a law in comedy. We kind of had the Pittsburgh Improv opened, I think, in like 2000 or 2001, and we had a boom of local comics, you know, that that and a lot of older comics that were there when it opened, you know. And it feels like it had like a five year boom, and it kind of dipped. There wasn't a lot of people locally working the club anymore. And it was just like, there was like maybe a handful of us that could even do 20, 30 minutes. So, you know, they gave me my shot early. I just proved that I, you know, had enough material. I went to every open mic doing five different minutes every week, just showing them that I could try to do 30, like, or do 20. And, mm -hmm. um, and when they first called me that, you know, my first week, like I said, it was, I mean, I did my first show ever July of July 17th, 2000 and 2009. And my first weekend at the improv i think was october 2009 <laughs> so it was like so uh my first person i opened for there i did 20 minutes they called me to feature before even hosting they're like oh you want to feature this week and i was like uh okay i opened for sebastian maniscalco uh Ooh. that's when he went by maniscalco mm -hmm. um so that was my first weekend and 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 through the through the improv and meeting comics through there they always just like Hey, you know, we, we need someone, we need someone. And, um, and I got to all the comics I meet, you know, I met, I got to go on tour with them because I don't know, I just did my job. Uh, and so Sebastian was the first one, but I, I've toured over the years, over the last almost 12 years of comedy, uh, I've toured with, you know, I've opened for Sinbad. You've had Sinbad on your show. Mm -hmm. I've opened for Sinbad a couple of times. One of my favorite comics of all time. I'm jumping to another question, but He's yeah. one of my favorite comics and people of all time. I opened for him in, a th in theaters here and, and elsewhere. Um, I got to, I got to uh, tour. My first person I toured with was Steve-O. Steve-O. <laughs> like, I mean, um, you know, he just thought I was a nice dude. And, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, Steve-O's clean, uh, clean living. And like I didn't, I'm not a partier. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not interested in uh, chasing, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah. chasing chasing women and 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 uh fun times uh so not that i'm not into having fun but you know Just i wasn't I, like watching yeah right, right, right. yeah no yeah. she knows uh no i mean you know it was just like oh yeah you, you're not into partying i'm not either anymore you know and you're a fun dude to hang out with and that was it it came down to like oh you're really funny on stage you bring something different than i do and you're a cool guy to hang out with that's like like people are like, oh, were you kissing ass and blah blah? No, no, just being a just being a normal person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I got to tour with Steve O, uh, you know, multiple weeks and you know, did a Florida tour with him one summer. Ooh. Um around all these people that you know he grew up with down there. It was really cool just to go go with him and meet all these people he grew up with and people in his family, and you know, um, because a lot of people don't know he grew up around near Fort Lauderdale a little bit and and did cl the clown school down there. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so that, and then, um, you know, God, I mean, there's so many, but uh, that's where I met Jim Brewer. Uh, I met, I met Jim Brewer at the Pittsburgh improv and we had dinner and he was like, you know, it was a couple months later and he was like, do you want to go on tour with me? And then I toured with Jim Brewer for six months uh, and then off and on for the last decade. Um, 
I met um, Bob Saget. <laughs> I mean, Bob Saget was coming to Pittsburgh and was literally looking for, at the time, was looking for a new opener. And um, they asked the improv. They were like, hey, can you send a you know 30-minute tape of three of your best comics? And they hit us up, said, can you send Bob's people a tape? And I literally got an email from Bob Saget and was like, me and my girlfriend watch tape. We love you. Like, you want to open for me, you know, in Pittsburgh? I said, sure. And then he was like, you know, I got to spend all weekend with him there. And then he was like, hey, I'm doing a, a I wrote a book called The Dirty Daddy, called Dirty Daddy. And I'm doing a 16 uh, date theater tour for the Dirty Daddy tour. Uh, do you want to open for me? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll go open like 12 theaters with you. You know, like I did half of the tour. I mean, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Um and all because I just, you know, I was lucky enough to have the improv that liked me. Pittsburgh fans liked me and uh, just was a nice dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I just do your job and be a cool dude. That's all I can tell you. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, um, one of the one of the two people that I, I still currently toured with as an opener was is Harlan Williams, which I've been in. I, I, I brought Harlan to Erie. I convinced Harlan. I'm like, I'm telling you, you got to do juniors. It's such a great club. It's one of those small town great clubs. And uh, I was there with Harlan, I think not even like a year and a half ago. Still tour with Harlan, you know, maybe, you know, 10 weeks a year I tour with Harlan. And mm -hmm. also uh, I met at the Pittsburgh Improv, John Witherspoon. Uh, Pops, uh, uh, you know, I was supposed, my last date with Pops was supposed to be December of 2019. Uh, I was supposed to be in Tampa with him. I did a couple weekends with him last year. Uh, and in the last decade, I've probably done five or six weekends a year, at least with John Witherspoon. And um, he always was good to me, always gave me dates out on the East Coast. I've opened for him on the West Coast also as well, like in California. And he's always looked out for me. Uh, and uh, so he, I will never I will never forget sitting with John Witherspoon in the green room and him telling me stories about, you know, old Hollywood and the comedy store and. Uh, hanging out with Richard Pryor and the most famous, it's like him, Richard Pryor, Muhammad Ali, and Eddie Murphy were drinking wine together one night and ordered Chinese food at four in the morning. Like these stories that he told that aren't in books. I mean, it's just, you know, um, I, I, I miss him a lot. So mm -hmm. it, it was like having a wise old uncle, you know, like a wise old comedy uncle. So mm -hmm. That's that list is of people that I, I mean, it made me who I am as a, as a person, you know, behind mm -hmm. the scenes as a comedian. Um, you consider uh, him like your mentor, by the way. I mean, I, you know, I think all of those guys, I, I mention all those guys because they all really had an impact on me. Tammy Pescatelli too. Tammy Pescatelli, you know, well, she's yeah. literally between Pittsburgh and Erie. Um, you know, she's one of the people too, that, that gave me big shout outs and, and spots and, you know, one of the people that, you know, told Erie that I was a funny dude, you know? Um, so, you know, I think I, and yeah, Tammy's definitely one of them too. Cause she's a parent and she's mm -hmm. doing, she's, she, you know, doesn't live in New York or LA. And I, I, I had her on my podcast. And I told her that I said, you know, I watch what you do, you know, because like, how do you be a parent and make a name, you know, make a living as a national comedian and live not in a major city, you know? So all, all those comics really, you know, 
yeah, they all were kind of mentors to me for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, who are some comedians you really want to work with in your career? <laughs> I, uh, I, hmm, I think part of it is funny because as a comic, you you don't look at comedians as as much as like a little bit as a, like a, a lot a little bit as a fan, but a mm -hmm. lot of like you're just like I just want to go out I like hang out with him, like I want to you know what I mean. Um, like I I want to I want to open for Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. Love Burr. Would love to hang out with him and and do a show with him. Um, also one of my biggest you know things that uh that I'm sad that I couldn't get to open for was Bernie Mac. Um, oh. I, I open, I open for a lot of black comics. <laughs> I, I come from a place where like, you know, uh, there's a lot of comics that are like, you know, we want a white opener and I get picked to be that dude a lot. <laughs> I, um, maybe cause I don't know. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, I feel like I've opened for so many, you know, great comics that like, you know, Bernie Mac, I feel like if he was still alive, I I would have got a chance to maybe open for him and I would have loved to. I just love him. I, I feel like he uh, he's influenced me a little bit uh, <laughs> yelling and complaining and bitching about my kids. Very, very influenced. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now, hey, speaking of uh, you being a father, you actually have a yeah. show yourself. Yeah. Called Grown Dad Business. Yeah. What's that all about? Tell us. Dude, you know, Grown Dad Business, uh, my podcast, it's now, gosh, I think uh, I'm editing today, episode 206. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, my podcast has definitely went through, like, evolutions. Like, you're, you know, you, 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 different points in your life. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for almost two years. And it's really, it's a comedy, it's, it's a comedy podcast basically talking a lot about kids and parenting, but also everything that I like, you know, movies and music and, and food and comedy. And the first, I'd say the first like 50 or 60 episodes of my podcast were a lot of celebrity comics that I was opening for, you know, so early on, I, I mean, I, I interviewed, actually, I opened for Paul Rodriguez. Uh, he's a, I mean, he's a incredible, uh, one of the first, you know, Latino comedians to pave the way. I interviewed him at Junior's Green Room. I opened for him there and, and, and did my podcast there. One of the best podcasts I ever did. He was so deep. Uh, I've, you know, I've had uh, Bobcat Goldthwait and Harlan Williams, you know. Um, but then it kind of like I was headlining a lot more. So my good friend, Jason Clark, who's like my dad buddy, also a funny comedian. And we just cut up for 50 episodes. You know, it was just like two dads morning show. And, you know, and now with the with the pandemic, now it's like back to just, you know, talking to some famous friends over video and cutting up about how they grew up and their parenting. But uh, I always have someone that's connected to, you know, has kids or, or close to kids, but most of the time it's parents who are comedians and we cut up and uh, it's been fun, man. I mean, like I said, the last episode episodes I had, you know, with Bob Saget and Brad Williams and Tammy Pescatelli um, that's been fun. And this, and then, and then currently, uh, I, I've had my first like real rock star, uh, the, the lead singer of Bowling for Soup. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, just like, uh, just so crazy random meeting him. And, you know, he also sang Phineas and Ferb and now he's the new voice of Chuck E. Cheese. Like, it's crazy. Like, I was like, what? So yeah. it, it's cool. Like meeting and laughing and talking. So like, we talk about all that stuff, you know, um, mm -hmm. but also laugh about his three kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what grown dad business is. It's just, 
I feel like I wanted to like where like some parents are sitting around who happen to be funny people and they're just talking about their life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. You touched on a little bit saying you met the guy who sings Phineas and Bourbon, he's checking teeth, you know, like that's how you, and you were excited about it. That's how you know you're a parent, you know? Dude, I was like, that's what I said too. Like, that's a great example of like when you get to do fun things that you could actually show your kids, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like the fact that like, you know, I was on a Nickelodeon show when my kids were really tiny, you know, like my oldest, I think was like three or four years old, but my nieces and nephews, you know, they saw me on Nickelodeon and they're in middle school and they're like, oh my God, like it blows their mind. And that's what I told Jared about doing Phineas and Ferb. I was like, dude, you're like, you sang one of the best cartoon songs of all time. So it's fun to have something like that to like, mm-hmm. you know, have your kids like, uh, my dad did this. Isn't this yeah. dope? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, what yeah. Show, if you don't mind me asking. It was, a, it was a show called super ninjas. Uh, it was mm-hmm. two seasons and, uh, I was in season two as the, uh, fat dorky, uh, science teacher. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they they gave me a they gave me a pocket square and a short sleeve dress shirt and I had to tuck it in and wearing khakis. Uh, oh, uh, it was the worst outfit of all time for my body, but it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> apparently exactly. apparently twelve year olds laughed at it. Hey, but yeah. if it gets to laugh, just like in comedy, you know. Yeah, bro. Alrighty. Now, do you have any fun heckler stories for us? By the way, you know, um, I not that it was like. I, I, man, I've been pretty, I want to say pretty blessed that I have not had crazy hecklers in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've had, I've, we've all, once you do a decade of comedy, you're going to have a couple dozen drunk Karen stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause that's number one, uh, no disrespect to any middle-aged white women, but it's you, it's you. <laughs> it's, it's, there's, it's never, it's never anybody. It's always. Sometimes a tough guy, sometimes a 25 year old tough guy that has truck nuts. Do you know what I mean? That guy, yeah. sometimes it's drunk him, but most of the time it's like a 42 year old mom who's mm-hmm. had nine glasses of Chablis, um, <laughs> you know, uh, who's like, I got to say something too. It's her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, like I, you know, I feel like I don't, I don't get a lot of, and you know, when people say hecklers, it's not like it's a, uh, you know, yeah. It's, it's usually just drunk people. Like if you suck, like someone's going to say something. I don't, I don't feel like I suck enough. It's always like drunk people. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm too, I, I do stand up too loud and fast. I think to even let somebody get a word in. <laughs> so like, if you're going to, if you're going to heckle or yell out, you have to wait till I take a breath, Yeah. <laughs> which, which might be six minutes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That actually, I want to tell you about my funny heckler story. So yeah. I was doing an open mic here in Erie, and yeah. this guy was just eating up comedians left and right, and he started with me. So oh my God, the worst, just, yeah. And he's yelling things like, "I told the joke about like how I hate winter because you go outside and your ankles get cold." Poor you. Think about me. That's how I get blue balled. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then he was yelling, and then like I connect that with like you know when the temperature is colder than your ex, I'm not going outside. And they go, "Wait a minute, ex." Temperature. Yeah. Anyone else see the connection here? Both have the power to give you blue balls. And then the guy yelled out, like, they were blue before you were even born. Like, he was just, my almost my entire act, he was just yeah. shouting. I finally stopped and looked at him and went, sir, got a question for you. People ask me all the time, how small am I? I want to ask you, how high are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And then he started answering. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not asking about your physical stature. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dude, yeah. It, it, people, uh, you know, hey, you get on stage and people want a little piece of the glory. You know what exactly. I mean? And uh, they're not confident enough to get up themselves. They just want to interrupt somebody else who's has yep. the balls to do it, the blue balls yep. to do it, Nick. I've seen so someone speak. almost walk on the stage, like walk up and ask for the microphone. And we're yeah. all like, oh, what's going oh, on? Oh, yeah. And then like the lady was like, I want to share about an experience I had or something like that. Like, And I'm like, okay, I'm a former missionary. Whatever you do, do not give her the mic. Whatever you do. <laughs> I have heard these stories before. Do that's not funny. give me that microphone. It is. You're a missionary. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Like, I have heard these stories before. If you give her yeah. the mic, this is no longer a No, comedy. we're going to hear a three-hour testimony. We're going to hear a story that's going <laughs> to, you in the night, going to make everyone go, well, this night's no longer funny, you know? There Do was, uh, I, 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 got a, I got a good story about, you know, um, <laughs> When you when when you're not you know when you're not doing comedy in a huge comedy city, you 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 got to do shows everywhere. And I will say in Pennsylvania, one of the most common shows is the fire hall show. <laughs> it's it's the it's the you know volunteer fire department. They got a hall and they put a stage up and they're having a spaghetti dinner, you know. And that's like one of the most common shows that you come up doing. And I did this one show, and they're always great. They're I tell you what. They're always good shows because just as people that, you know, it's just it's like salt of the earth people. It's all people that work for a living and they're coming out to support their, you know, local volunteer fire company. And a lot of these people don't go out every night. They don't live in a big city and, you know, they live, you know, an hour outside of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? So it's always a great night. But uh, this one night, it, it wasn't about the audience heckling. It was so... <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to. I feel like. I feel like that. None of these people are going to see it because I don't want to. It's. It was long enough. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. enough time says. So we're we're supposed to do you know supposed to do some comedy for this for this spaghetti dinner for this fire hall right, and uh, they're like, all right, we're, we have music. They're having dinner, and they're like, all right, after we have dessert, we're gonna have comedy. But first, uh, you know, uh, so and so wants to come up and thank everybody. You know what I mean? And so I think the chief comes up and just like introduces, says, thanks, everybody. We're here to have a good time tonight. And he's like, you know, because we've had a tough year. You know, and we're like, oh, he had a tough year. And everyone's sort of like, it was tough. It was. And we're like, what the heck? Like me and the other comic where there's only two of us, you know, and we're like, what the hell's going on? Like what? And he's and then this other guy gets up and he's like the the you know, whatever, like the sergeant of the fire, you know, firehouse or whatever. He's, he's ranked, you know, guy. And uh, he's like, no, it's okay, uh, Tom, you know, whatever his name is. The chief is like, okay, buddy. And he goes, no, let me say something. Let me say something. <laughs> We're like, okay. We're like, all right. So the chief is like, uh, you could tell the chief is like, all right, you could say something. And, and so he gives it to this other firefighter and he's like, uh, you know, it's been, uh, you guys have been so supportive and then he begins to tell us about how his son died in a fire this year, who, oh. was, who was a firefighter, and his other son, who was his brother, killed himself because his brother died in a fire. And I'm like, what? everybody's like tears in their eyes. We're like, oh, my. Yeah, it's not just heckling, dude. Sometimes no. you no. never know what it's yeah. going to be. And I'm sitting there like, 
uh, and they're like, and then he's just like, has everybody almost in tears for like five, six minutes talking about his two sons who have passed mm. like tragically. And they're all involved in the fire company. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. And then they're like, all right, I, we're going to try to have a good time and we're going to get comedy going. And I just, I looked to the fire chief and I'm like, 10 minutes, give us 10 minutes. And I looked at the DJ and I was like, bro, you better play some uptown funk or something right now. Like play some music. So literally, you know, the DJ was like, all right, everybody, we're going to have a smoke break and we're going to start 10 minutes, guys. Everybody grab a, your, uh, grab a drink. And just doing that, I was like, we cannot start immediately. There's no way. Yeah, no. And I, I wasn't even going to go up yet. I still had an opener that was going to go up for 15 minutes. I was like, that they can't do this. They can't no, do it. They can't lie about that. He'll just be like, I, yeah. like that I was, that was, uh, <laughs> What an experience, brother! But that's out the window or something, and then you'll find out. Like I know that's how it happened or something like that. And you're yeah. like, okay, I, I guess that's my time. Get I know, together. right? I know, right? So, <laughs> so that was the experience. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Let's go to a positive note. What if yeah. you mentioned juniors? Obviously, you love juniors. Yeah, yeah. What are some of your other places that you love to perform at? I mean, uh, to be honest any club <laughs> i mean uh, you know right now i mean I'm, a, I'm at a point in my career where uh well six months ago you know where i was headlining half of my dates you know i'm opening half of my dates you know i'm <laughs> doing corporates and you know um but i i will just say I, I love going to the places where i feel the most comfortable and the most loved i think most comedians love that and you know, uh, juniors for years was a place like that where you know that they, you know, there's just good to you and there's people there that you want to see. Like, and I love e even, even, even you, Nick, you mm -hmm. make someone like you makes somewhere like Erie and going to juniors good too, because it's, it's the local comics that come and hang out or the local comics that come and open for you. Or, you know, um, it's the staff, it's the bartender, you know, it's because those are our peers at work. You know, like everybody goes to work nine to five. You know what I mean? And you have your favorite people at work, you know, and you have your favorite people that you don't like to work with. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with comedy. It's just like I like working these shifts over at this place. You know what I mean? Like I love going to like um, the Dayton and Columbus Funny Bones are some of my favorite people. And there's there's fans and co comics that I've met that live there. Um just so I'm trying to think of even the close place. Cleveland hilarities is one of my most favorite places to go. They, you know, it's privately owned just like an Erie. Uh, you know, they love comedy. They treat us well. The, sh the shows, the audiences are unbelievable. The, the, you know, the club and the restaurant are unbelievable in Cleveland. Um, I also, I miss, I miss, uh, going to places like, uh, you know, the West Palm beach improv is, is great. Um, all the improvs in California are spectacular. I love those places. Um, you know, the Brea, Ontario, Irvine improv, you know, it's just, it's just great, great clubs, great staff, but yeah, it, you know, I always love there. I can name, I can name a dozen clubs where I just love going just so I can see some comedian friends or some staff, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, I'm going to have ask an obvious question now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about the COVID impact? How's that? personally play the role on you it's uh it sucks man it's uh, yeah. not i think i think um i will say anybody listening i think a lot of people forget that live entertainment does not involve just uh the person on the microphone mm 
Um, we are all unemployed. I mean, I'm talking servers at the comedy clubs, not just comedy clubs, live music venues, bars that have music and comedy. All of the places we do comedy and open mics are closed. Um, we're talking servers, sound people, door people, management. Um, I mean, all these people are unemployed. All these, all these live entertainment venues, um, you know, we're all on unemployment. You know, I, I feel like it's crazy. I'm like, it's crazy. I have a, I have a comedy special on Amazon, but I'm also on welfare. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. This is a crazy time. You mm -hmm. know, um, my album was supposed to come out this year. My comedy special, uh, we ended up having to come out early in April because I was going to put it out in June for father's day. And I thought, well, everyone's home for a month. Let's put it out early. And, you know, uh, the one thing is, yeah, uh, my comedy special grown ass dad is on Amazon and everyone, every, a lot of people watch it. It's amazing. People are listening to me on Spotify. Um, but when you put out a huge album, like for me, this is the biggest thing I've ever done. Putting out a comedy special on Amazon, you know, you're supposed to put that out and then you go on tour, you know? So I, you know, I couldn't wait to go on tour and, you know, do some of the greatest hits from my comedy special, but also start working a new hour, you know, doing new material. And I haven't been able to do that. You know, um, I haven't been able to kind of shoot out of my cannon of, you know, putting on my, you know, Amazon special and just really, you know, let so, a lot of that material go and just get out and, you know, start playing around again and, you know, kind of celebrating, you know, you want to, you want to go out and you say, you know, you want to go out and go to clubs and say, you know, you can see his new special on Amazon and here's, you know, 30 new minutes of material that I'm working on, you know? Um, so I wasn't able to do that and that sucks. And that, um, it definitely takes away a lot of money uh, because this is what I do for a living. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I was on, I had a bunch of dates, a headlining and a bunch of dates with Harlan Williams, all canceled March, April, May. I had, you know, two cruises I was working canceled corporate shows canceled on top of that. Um, you know, I'm an occasionally, like we said, I'm an actor. Um, I, I got, you know, one of the biggest, you know, two biggest roles I've ever gotten, um, well, right now it's, I filmed it in December and I don't know when it's coming out. Um, but, uh, I literally forgot the name of it cause they literally just named the movie. But, um, um, I also did a show for Showtime. Sorry. I was trying to remember date, but I also right before the last thing I did before everything kind of went locked down in mid March, especially, you know, here in Pennsylvania, um, I got a role on a Showtime show with Jeff Daniels, and um, my last thing I did was a script, a, a table read, you know, for Showtime. Mm -hmm. It was amazing, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be on a Showtime show for like three weeks. This is crazy." Uh, with Jeff Daniels, and then it got canceled. So it's like I, you know, and that's on hiatus for who knows how long. So yeah, man, I lost a lot of cool work uh, and a lot of work that I thought I was gonna get, and that's just real. That's and it's hard. It's very hard, man. It's hard. So it is. I, got th I got three kids and my my wife just went back to work. My wife hasn't worked for a few years because, you know, for because be home with our kids. And, uh, you know, she, she's not able to go back to work because she does uh, early childhood education. Mm. So, she, you know, she's not able to go teach, you know, preschool. So. Hey, what, man, we're just we're just trying to make it happen. What's that? What does she do nowadays? She's uh, sitting at home. <laughs> uh, We're sitting at home with our three kids, man. Uh, I thought uh, we needed a 
she got a job. She got like something, you know what I mean? Like, no, I mean, she can't return as a preschool teacher. That's about all mm. she does, you know, and it's hard, man. It's you can't just, you know, up and, uh, you know, go get a job at a bank working nine to five. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's a weird situation. But, you know, but I just I, I just keep telling everybody that there's a lot of people going through this. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people because I know friends that, you know, they're working from home and or, you know, they go to work and put on a mask and it's like nothing's happening. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, no, it's 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 uh, very pe pe people are very unemployed. Yeah. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing podcasts and live shows and uh, begging begging uh, uh you know shaking my Venmo bucket you know what I mean yeah. like that's that's where I'm at so <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah it's real has the has this been a time where you can like work on new writing and stuff like that like really focus on those aspects you know for me my like I usually write on stage like I take an idea and just kind of go on stage and riff with it a little bit and see what happens. I try to, you know, I don't write down a lot of material. Um, I had an amazing conversation with Sinbad about that years ago. <clears throat> like, I was just like, I'm not good at writing things down. I kind of just have to do it and remember it. And he's like, oh, that's what I do. And I was like, he's like, yeah, I've never written down a single joke. And I was like, yeah, I don't really either. I write down like a sentence. And then once I do it two or three times, I kind of just kind of remember. <laughs> so for me, um, I couldn't get out and go to, you know, work out new material. So that's why I immediately started live streaming, to be honest. I, I started doing my live happy hour every Friday where I'm able to cut up with comics. And when you cut up, you know, you'll maybe come up with a little nugget of something funny because mm -hmm. that's just me improvising. That's how I come up with material, just improvising and cutting up. And then uh, I've been doing every Tuesday. I don't know if, if people uh, know from Erie. I do uh, Star 100.7 in Pittsburgh. Um I do that every Tuesday morning. I've been doing that for a couple, at least four months. And so Tuesday mornings, I'm just cutting up on the radio. And if you want, actually, if people want to hear it, you can listen to 100.7 on radio.com uh, app. It streams mm -hmm. every morning. But um, <clears throat> doing radio is able for me to just cut up with some radio hosts and try to try out new material and just riff on it, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I did 50 episodes of a thing I call Daily Dad. I started that as soon as the pandemic started in March and I did 50 weekdays where I just riffed on a topic for four or five, six minutes. And I kind of realized now it kind of kept me sharp, you know, kind of kept me sharp. So right now it's like I did all this live stream, uh, you know, BSing and I, and I just did my first live show Sunday night. Uh, at Arcade Comedy Theater in downtown Pittsburgh. They they have this huge courtyard that they laid out, tables. It's all outside. It's amazing. And I did like 16, 17 minutes of new material, and it felt amazing. <laughs> um, you felt uh, like when, in the movie, like when the superhero gets their powers back and everything, you know? Oh, dude. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're a little nervous at first. You know, you feel like, you know, I've been kind of being funny on screen, but not in front of like eyes, people looking at you. Well, just eyes with masks on. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was still live. It was still, you know, four, five, six minutes in. You're like, yeah, baby. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this feels good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so let me ask you, I know you're a dad, so I know that consumes a lot of your time. What yeah. else do you do outside of comedy? <laughs> Yard work. <laughs> um, Man, I, I tell you what, I think one of the I think one of the main things that, you know, 
the people need to do during like this time pandemic, especially if you're kind of at home, if you can't, you know, I know a lot of people that are not, not only like single live by themselves, people that are working from home, they're going crazy in their house. You got to find like fun, new things to do. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like my whole family now, like, well, they bake all the time now they're doing stuff, but I've just done so much stuff in my yard. I have almost two acres in, you know, in Pennsylvania and, you know, literally doing yard work and clearing out like forests and like <laughs> doing like grown ass farmer stuff. Like, I think I'm going to rototill. I'm going to do a podcast and then rototill today. You know, <laughs> um, that's my life. But just just staying busy too. like, you know, um, just five projects around the house, you know, catching up with people. But being home, you know, seven days a week, uh, you know, I was used to being on the road and coming back and I had to deal with being with my kids all the time. <laughs> so, um, but I will say that that is probably the best part about it is that now I don't, I kind of don't want to go back on the road. You yeah. know, like I love like pizza night and we have game nights and we play video games together and, you know, we're doing all kinds of different, you know, my wife is amazing. Like, you know, she, she, she's, she does early childhood education. She's the best mom in the world. She's coming up with like all kinds of things for us to do and for my kids to do. And so it's, uh, we stay busy, man. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, you know, I don't play a lot of video games by myself because I never had a lot of time, but, uh, I've made some more time to play some video games. And I will say red dead redemption two is the best game I've ever played. <laughs> it is unbelievable. <laughs> If you went into my brother on the game, tell him I said hi. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dude, it is. Woo! It's fun. Yep. Alrighty. And that's all and that's one of the most important things. People need that spirit like you have, like spending time with their family, you know. You see yeah, you gotta stay positive, man. You gotta oh, yeah. you know, I think I was just saying, you know, somebody just said today, um said that you know, you have to you gotta look for the positive you still have. Because it's it is really easy, trust me. I mean, the first month or two, when you when you see gigs and like a showtime show just go away, you just you're you know you don't want to get out of bed. Bro, I mean, for two months you just see, you know, you see your bills that need to be paid and the 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 work you were supposed to do to pay your bills just go away. I don't think a lot of people realize that what's that's what happens. So it's hard to not to dwell in that, you know? And you just gotta be like, look, like I always say like my family is healthy. We have all four of our grandparents that live within 15 minutes and we're able to be close with them and kind of quarantine with them as part of our family circle. Um, but also, you know, just, just knowing that this, this is the biggest thing that's happened in my life and it's not world war three. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm thankful that like, you know, cause our parents and our grandparents went through wars and Vietnam and Korea and the civil rights movement and world war two. I'm glad I'm not in some foreign country with a rifle on my back in the jungle. You know what I'm saying? So if this is the worst thing that's going to happen in my lifetime so far, I'm thankful. So exactly. yeah, exactly. like you said, just look at the positives to look at the being with your family. Like I've seen right. so many people who have taken this pandemic as if they don't go back to work soon, there's the, um, what should we call it? The uh, one rate, the uh, homicide rates are going to go skyrocket or something, you know? Yeah. Like there's, that's how crazy people are going. But then it's people like you. It's people like I had on the show, Patch Adams, who I interviewed. Oh, yeah. That's great. He said, yeah. You know, he's like, for, I was home 
maybe a total of like two months out of the year, like spread apart, you know? Yeah. And other times I was on the road, I was in foreign countries. Now I'm stuck at home and wow, I never want to go back on the road. Yeah. With my wife, I get to do things I've always wanted to do. I get to read, I get to study, I get to, I could do things now. That's the attitude I think some people need rather than just right, this right. open up the county thing. Cause I see that so much from the job that I work at, like right. with, you know, this whole, with the whole social media thing, like just mm-hmm. seeing all those comments, open oh, yeah. up the, county, oh, you know, yeah. you the statistics of the coronavirus for the day right. and you get, this is just a political hoax. This is just yada, yada. Yeah. That's how I came up with BuddyCast. I'm like, this world needs just a positive story now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Like just something happy to them. Like Nick, you're on it, bro. Cause that's exactly why, uh, you know, I kept my podcast going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exactly why I started my live happy hour live stream show on Fridays because I just wanted to keep laughing with my friends every mm-hmm. Friday night. And I'll tell you what, I did 21 episodes of this happy hour on Fridays. And, um, I took, I'm taking a break in August cause I, cause 21 weeks in a row is like, I'm burned out a little. So like I'm coming back on September 4th and I'm, cause I don't know when live comedy is coming back. So in September and in the fall, I'm going to do another bank of episodes and they're going to be bigger and better than ever. And the reason why I keep doing that is because I just look forward to every Friday, just having a drink on camera and laughing with comics and just cutting up and not, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, you know, pandemic and a little bit about what's going on in the world. But for the most part, it's just comics sitting around cutting up. That's what right. I want it to feel like, you know, like a happy yeah. hour, a happy hour with comics after the show, uh, you know, after a real live, real show. Like we, you know, so I, I agree, man. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So and that's one thing I miss about comedy, like just yeah. the after effects, like when I met you, I think I remember now. I met you at Brad Williams' show. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But like, hey, Brad's, Brad's another, yeah, man. Yeah. But, but that's the other thing, too. Like, I've hung out with comedians after they've come to juniors. Like, yeah. Um, I've got an opener friend. His name's Eric Potts. Yeah. You know, every time he comes into Erie now, me and him hang out. Yeah. Me and him get dinner together and just right. drink afterwards and just shoot the breeze. Just, I miss that. I told you. Yeah. I do miss that. I do you miss seeing from other, con- other places. Yeah. You and me will have to do that when you come into town. Yeah, dude. So the one other, I have two final questions for you. Yeah. I asked all my guests. The first one, if you could have our audience donate to any charity of your choice, mm-hmm. what would it be and why? I, uh, well, in Pittsburgh, I, I, I've been advocating for uh, the, uh, the Women's Center and Shelter of, of Greater Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, really a shelter for women and children uh, that are victims of domestic violence. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it's just clo- near and dear to my heart just because, you know, I lived uh, in domestic violence the first almost 10 years of my life. So it was just it, it was a thing that now that I have a wife and kids, I, you know, I know what it's like for a mother and kids to go through domestic violence. And so I, I've tried to, you know, be an advocate and raise money. Um, also, you know, my, my live happy hour, I raise money for another, uh, another organization called uh, steel smiling. And it was, it was supporting uh, black mental health and they were providing therapists and counselors for the black community, which I thought was amazing because there's huge disparities in, you know, mental health and black communities. So I, I, that was something that really touched me 
um, growing up, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a mixed white and black community. So, um, you know, when you learn about something that's, you know, kind of, it's pointed out, you're like, oh yeah, this is important. This is something that needs to happen. So those things are just been, you know, kind of things that uh, I've supported in the last year or so that, you know, I want to continue supporting, you know what I mean? You just, <laughs> um, you know, over the years, you just, you know, you find something that you really, you know, you start growing up, Nick, you know what I mean? Like you start yeah. being like this, this, uh, I care about this. You know what I mean? My yeah. heart, my heart wants to be in this. So yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. me, LPA, you know, it's uh, being yeah. a little person. It's close yeah. to my heart. I understand it. So right. I want to advocate for it. Right. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for what I call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Boom. And I'm going to split this into two parts for you. Okay. The first part for anyone who wants to start a podcast, what's your advice? Do it. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, man, just do it. I, I tell you what, here, here's what, here's what I'll say. Don't get, if you're going to start your own podcast, don't get wrapped up in making it perfect immediately. Really? Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people, you know, cause you know, as comedians, like on, especially like on, you know, social media, we're friends with hundreds and hundreds of comedians from all over the country, sometimes over the world, you know, and every single open micer will look up comics when you start comedy and you'll friend every comedian in the country with a mutual friend. You know what I mean? So we have all, I see all people all the time. Like I'm starting a podcast. I'm, I'm a comic. I'm starting a podcast. And they, they get like this mixing board and they get all these equipment and expensive microphones, bro. I did my podcast episode 200 with a laptop. This is a $50 mic off of Amazon and a $40 ring light. And I get thousands and thousands of listeners. <laughs> like you don't need to like spend a ton of money. You don't, I edit it very simply StreamYard. This is a commercial for StreamYard. It's made it so easy. It's so much easier to do live podcasts too. Um, mm -hmm. And the fact that you can take all of this from StreamYard and just edit it, and that's what I do. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple because really, what I mean, quality does matter. Qual you can't have it sound shitty. You can't. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I mean, it's you don't need to sound like Joe Rogan. You don't need to like. It's okay. I mean, yeah. people are listening on their phone in their car. Yeah. So. Exactly. This <laughs> yeah. It's just brought to you by a simple laptop. Yeah, dude. I mean, keep it keep it simple and be you. That's it. Mm -hmm. All righty. Now for part two of the question. Yes. For anyone out there who wants to be a comedian, and I've asked you this before, yeah, what dude. is your advice? I think I kind of covered it when we were talking about some of the people I've worked with. Mm -hmm. um, I I've been asked so many times how like how do I you know as a comedian. You know, how do I get here? How do I move up? How do I, you know, and I've been asked so many times and I, I literally, I have it on a shirt now. I literally have my comedy advice on a shirt now. Uh, and it's kind of a fundraiser shirt going back to that. I've, I've used as a fundraiser. You hear a baby crying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's real. Yeah. This is, this is real life. Uh, yeah. welcome to the real life. Um, no, um, I have a shirt now that says, uh, wait, do I have it? Hold on. I have it sitting here. I think. Sweet. Hold on. This is literally my advice. I've broke, I've broke down my comedy advice to a phrase and it is be kind, be funny. That is awesome. That's it. 
I mean, like, I, I don't know how else to, you know, if you're a comic, um, be kind, be funny basically means what I was saying before, like, you know, be a good person, you know, don't be annoying, you know, be kind, be considerate of the, the comics that you're working with, mm -hmm. the people that are running the show, be kind, be, a, don't be an asshole yeah. <laughs> and also be funny. That's it. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of open micers. It, it, it will never stop. I know that no matter how much we beat it into the wall, but just like, you know, people are like, Oh, I don't, I don't get a show because of this. I don't get it. You know, you're from a, a small comedy scene, you know, you it's, you know, Oh, I don't get a show cause so-and-so doesn't like me, blah, 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 blah. Most of the time, open mic, open comedian, open mic comedians, look me, look me in the eyes, look me in the eyes. Most of the time, if you're not getting shows and you're not getting booked, it's because one, you're not funny yet. You're still working. You still got some work to do. Or two, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> People don't want to be around you. Mm -hmm. It's one It's one of the two things or both. Almost. Yeah. I, I've been doing it almost 12 years. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, sure. There are things in scenes that are poison. You know, there are, there are, there are, you know, I've heard of racism and sexism in scenes and, and homophobia. That's a real thing. But, you know, a lot of comics really look out for each other. Most of the cities and cities and scenes that I know people from, it's, you know, it's just, you know, be a good person and be funny. And, uh, you know, and if somebody, you know, doesn't like you still, it's because it's, it, they definitely have one of those problems. You know what I mean? But, uh, even in this, even in this hometown, you know, yeah, I have some people who are still at the open mic level who still, who act like they're, that who are act like they're the big shots who like I've yeah. known people who run an open mic who yeah. have told me afterwards something like sometimes they mean well advice but like they'll say sure. like you know you'll tell me advice like hey man uh, just a little pro tip uh move the microphone three inches to the right or something like sure. that so it's not that distracting sure. so just come up to me and going dude get rid of the mic stand we pay more attention to the mic stand than we do you and I'm looking I'm like there's a little person on stage doing comedy and you're focused on a mic stand. Yeah. So, I, I created that into a bit. I said, what the heck happens when you go to a strip club? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you look at the pole and you're yeah, like, exactly. you're like, that pole's not shiny enough. You're like, exactly. uh, over here. Yeah, I know. That's exactly. <laughs> that they have is probably when they polish the pole or something, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. no, it's, I mean, that's, that's what it is, man. Be kind, yeah. be funny. But I mean, then there are the comedians that I've known plenty, as much as I know those guys, I know of at least two more comedians. Like for right. every one, you know, tough comedian, or for every like one just negative comedian, I know two other comedians who sure. are there, who are your best friends, who are yep. there at every yep. open mic with you, who are yep. supporting all the way. You talk to them every day. They're your buddies. One of them created that logo in the corner for me. Oh, dope. It's really dope. I like yeah. it. Yeah, he created that for me, and he was just, he's the, he's, a nice guy. He's just a truly energetic right. guy. He was on my show. He was on my show earlier. His nice. name's Aaron as well. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So, but anyways, thank you so, so much for being here. Oh, Nick. Show. Dude, thank you, brother. I, like I said, man, I love just catching up with people that I would normally see. So this yeah. uh, this makes me miss Erie even more. Uh, <laughs> Next time you're in town, you and me are getting a drink. Yeah, bro. Of course. Uh, yeah, man. I, like I said, thank you. Thank you for like, you know, I get to like, I'm doing a podcast, but I'm also like, I just get to talk to another fun person. You know what yeah, I mean? For a minute afterwards, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but for all my buddies out there, 
This is my buddy Aaron. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Catch him whenever open whenever comedy opens up. Yeah. Catch a special. What's your special again? Yeah, if, if you can't see me live, my comedy special is uh, called Grown Ass Dad. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. You can listen to Grown Ass Dad on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, and I'm now on Sirius XM. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, you can hear my whole album uh, or all the tracks from my album on 97 Raw Dog and number 99 on Sirius XM, Jeff and Larry's Comedy Roundup channel. So that's that dope. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's dope, man. Uh, yeah catch them on all those platforms and more and thank you again for being a buddy here on buddy cast now to all my buddies out there as i end every single show go be someone's buddy yes (laughs) hey we'll catch you next time here on buddy cast